0: You're listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others.
1: Hey, Gospel Hope, as you know, we are tracking in our series True Treasure. If you are just joining, we are only up to message number three, and we're going to be kind of putting some handlebars on that uh, this morning uh, in our podcast as we talk about uh, Ryan, a message you preached for us, and I believe the title was In the Meantime. And so you tackled Jesus' parable of the ten minas with mm-hmm. a, a very um, uh, clarifying distinction. For those of us who may have thought the ten minas and the, uh, the three servants who received the number of talents was the same parable, they're two completely different uh, conversations. And you pointed out uh, um, uh, a unique distinction, and that is, in Jesus's um, one of his parables, where he talks about these three stewards, uh, one receiving five, one receiving three, and the other receiving one, or whatever the, the, it was, each according to their several ability. If you're a King James guy, um, and um, the the master or the landlord or or the comes back and checks their rep- their 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 production. Obviously, the person who uh, wholly had one, put it in the ground, didn't produce well, and was chided for that but then kind of shift gears a little bit. Talk to us about this uh, parable of the minas. It was a little bit different in in the coin distribution. If I'm not mistaken, it was even probably a different, uh, well, it it doesn't tell us what the coin, the currency type is, I believe in the other one, but in this one, it says a mina. And that was all meaningful um, to the example. So Ryan, you want to set that up for us real quick. And then I have a few questions about the message you preached in particular.
0: So yeah, the primary difference between those two parables is in the minas, everybody got the same amount. Um, Mm -hmm. In the talents, people got different amounts. But in this one, each servant is assigned one mina, which was roughly three months wages for a regular laborer, basically. And um, I, I think the emphasis there is, in the talents is about, man, some people are given different, different talents. And so there's different expectations placed on them. But in the minas, the emphasis on all of us just have one life, like one life, and we have mm-hmm. to leverage it for the kingdom. And, and really what I said in the message was, and it matters. God, it matters to God what we do with the one life that he's entrusted to us.
2: Yeah. And so you, you opened up with this illustration from family life and just how when you and Tricia may take some time away from home. Uh, you, you turn to the kids and you, you kind of have this singular directive that, hey, we're getting ready to go away for a, a couple of hours. And intrinsic within that is an understanding not to waste this time, uh, to, to, to steward it well. There are certain things that you expect to be done while you're gone and you expect to find things in a certain order when you return. Uh, and, and you kind of lay that out to us under this kind of this idea that we must learn how to wait well. Uh, there's a proper way to wait and an improper way to wait on the Lord and, and his return. And so uh, just to kind of go a level deeper on this idea of waiting properly, um, do you know of anybody, you know, obviously we know Jesus, but do you know of anybody just kind of within arm's reach, a contemporary example in our day and times that you feel really typifies what it means to wait well? Yeah, um,
0: as I was thinking about that question that you asked rod um the first person that actually came to mind contemporarily was um dr tony evans um you know recently i mean he has long been uh, a, a preacher of god's word a man of um really high character kind of known for his consistency in that regard and then just a, a brief time ago he he lost his wife and mm-hmm. um you know, what I noticed about Dr. Evans during that time was, you know, the way that he talked was obviously broken and sorrowful, but he didn't just quit at that moment. He kept sowing gospel seeds. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what this is a this parable is a call to is that man, even when life gets hard and challenging, we need to remain faithful and not waste the time that God has given us. We we can think that when tragedy strikes or when things are not going our way, then that's the time to kind of take our ball and go home. But that's wasting our waiting. The the way that we use our weight in a way that honors the return of our master is we leverage all that we are, our time, talents, and treasures, all that God has given us. And we only have a limited time um, until we hit the finish line. And I, I think I think Dr. Evans, to me, has been an example of that, who, um, man, he went through an extremely hard time of, you know, losing his wife of, of many, many decades, and then the guy's still swinging. You know, he, he just still came out of the corner for the next round, and I, I appreciate that type of faithfulness, not perfection, but faithfulness. Um,
2: interesting distinction, faithfulness versus perfection. Uh, you made a statement during the message, and I think I've got it right here. Our focus on faithfulness must not, or even our focus on faithfulness must exceed our fear of failure. Um, you kind of gave this idea that man, if we're just constantly focused on the prospect of failure, then we won't get in the game. We won't participate in what's really uh, going on around us. We'll always be you know marked by fear. And and so I, I'd ask a question. Um you know, do you feel like this fear of failure is uh, kind of the, the, the primary epidemic that marks the lives of believers today when it comes to their failure, or what you want to call it, living to their highest kingdom potential or whatever phrase you would use? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's certainly an issue that all of us at one time or another struggle with internally, you know, and the reason I brought that out is because it, it it's explicit in the parable. The mm-hmm the last servant he said to the master i took the meaning that you gave me i wrapped it in a cloth because i was afraid um he he didn't want to disappoint his master it it seems kind of like a a godly ambition that this guy had but Mm. but even though it was maybe a good desire not to disappoint his master he allowed fear to get the upper hand in our in his life and So I think that can happen to all of us at some time or another where we're afraid, man, I'm going to butcher this relationship if I share the gospel or I don't have the right words to say, or I don't know how to get involved in foster care or ministering to a refugee or, you know, it's just all very scary to me to step out there and be involved in good gospel word and deed ministry in the world. I'm just going to, I'm going to play it safe and just write a check and put it in the offering plate. Um, I think it's a problem that many of us face where we let this idea of perfection prevent us from actually engaging in real ministry. And, and this message, in one this was spent, meant to be liberating in that sense because God does not say to the servants who did well, you know, well done, perfect servant. He just says, well done, faithful servant. You, you've been faithful in a little, and now I'm going to entrust even more to you. So. I think that idea of faithfulness should free us from the fear of having to do things just right. Uh, Look, you know, you and I have been in ministry long enough to know that um, our plans seldom go uh, exactly according to plan. They often fall apart. We often have to pivot. But I think that's just the nature of living in faith and trusting the Lord and just trying to do the next right thing. Try to be faithful in the little things. And as we do that, I think God entrusts more and more into our hands.
2: Yeah, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, you know, you know me; I consider myself a pretty gritty guy. I don't fear a whole lot, but I do distinctly remember one specific moment: uh, two thousand four, two thousand three, two thousand four. I was on the on the cusp of probably one of the most significant promotions uh, in my career when I was in the uh, in the secular marketplace, and I remember the very pious reasons that i gave myself for not applying for this job i had been hmm. called up to the major so to speak and uh, told to put in an application for an opportunity and i was like well, well let me pray about it you know which is usually like a holy way of saying i don't know i'm afraid of this uh and i and i was praying about it and i created all of these not fleeces, so to speak but i created all of these little barricades for myself that make me feel really comfortable about staying where I was. And I was very comfortable in the current position that I had. And I remember the Lord made it pretty clear through actually um, Charles Stanley, um, through a message called Success Blockers. And one of them he identified was comfort, complacency, and also fear. Uh, fear. And he just kind of enumerated this list of reasons and the passages of scripture that correspond to them. I was so moved. It was very clear to me that God was speaking to me through His Word uh, about this opportunity, and um, uh, and I did. We did, and and of course the the rest is history on how that all worked out. And I could, the Lord's hands was all over it. But I distinctly remember being paralyzed by fear as a believer, and having a very pious reason for it, so that it didn't sound like fear when I said it to myself. But uh, the word of God that sees all and very surgically gets in there and defies, you know, the thoughts and and the motives and all that kind of stuff. Like it was, it was really clear that I was just kind of taking what the Lord had given me and put it on a napkin and put it in the crown. No, no. So good word. You're, you're you're right. Uh, Fear is such a, uh, and it's so sneaky as to how it can live in a believer's life. And it's really a failure. And that's what it is. I, I was, um, again, having been so comfortable in the role that I was in, uh, there was a, a high degree of discomfort if I failed in the next job. And it was a significant leap, but kind of completely forgetting the fact that the job that I was in, it took the Lord's grace and blessing to, to make me promotable even for that role. And so anyway, mm-hmm. without derailing the podcast into a bunch of rodisms, uh, <laughs> man, I have felt, I have felt that um, uh, that same pull just like many other believers probably feel it today. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. But uh, so right. let me ask you, what about, what about that? So on one side, you've got fear that, that is somewhat epidemic in a lot of believers, but then you've got another category out there. Uh, let's just call them the new Rod Newberry. The one mm-hmm. that just says, hey, I'm less." I mean, you know, I've got some. I've got some history on my belt or watching God work and stuff like this. And I just roll out here you know, on everything. And I, I, this message isn't for me because I'm not a fearful person. I get it done. What would you say to the person that, that's kind of thinking?
0: Yeah, several comments. I, th- I think one would be like, oh, praise the Lord. Like faithfulness is possible. Um, yeah. You know, this parable does say that, that faithfulness is possible. The first two servants um, were faithful and God use their efforts. So man, be encouraged. If you really are doing stuff for Jesus, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Um, Second thing I would say is um, at the same time, let's remember that leveraging our time, talents, and treasures for Jesus are not the same thing as efficiency. Um, This is a temptation that, that I face sometimes because you know, Rod, as you know, like I like to get stuff done. I like to get the ball moving. And sometimes in the process of getting stuff done, I'm not actually completing the task that the Lord has for me. I'm just mm-hmm. getting stuff done. Um, we, we don't win when we run over people or ignore relationships or, or any of those things. So if you're a type A driver, love to get things done, not fear, fear of risk, great. <laughs> Leverage that but make sure in leveraging it, you're you're bringing all that you have to the table and taking care of people uh, in the process of it. And and then third, I would say, man, the, the old warning from the scriptures, let a man take heed when he stand, lest he fall. So man, if you have had a track record of success, rejoice in that, but know that, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed that our past will repeat in the future so we have mm-hmm. to keep an eye on faithfulness until we hit the tape you know i say this often that uh, but one of our goals as pastors at gospel hope is to help people finish like it, it doesn't do us any good like if we start well but then quit uh we want to help people hit the tape in their relationship with the lord
2: yeah absolutely so you know gospel hope we always talk about um you know, growing in three relationships, right? Growing in the gospel or growing our relationship with the Lord, growing in our relationship with one another as brothers and sisters, and of course growing in our relationship with the world. Um, which of those three uh, categories of growth or relationships is on your mind as you were working through this?
0: Yeah, I think primarily in the world in this one, because, you know, the parable sets up with Jesus telling his, or, or sets up the parable and says, hey, you're actually going into hostile territory. You're to do mm. business behind enemy lines. So throughout the message, I really talked about the idea of like having a kingdom agenda, um, even when the world is not on board with that agenda. So uh, we are to leverage all that we are, our time, talents, and treasure for the sake of God's mission in the world, for what he is doing in the world. So I think that was the primary one I was thinking about. And obviously, the, the, the way that that is fueled and motivated is by our remembering what our savior has called us to do. So there's this vertical that leads to an outward relationship through that
2: message. And just to kind of double click on that as our good friend Daniel Brisson would say, uh, you, uh, you gave us kind of three pillars to this uh, as your points, which was remember um, uh, where we are, remember what we are doing, uh, oh, man, did I remember, did I forget a third, uh, remember? Remember what I, will happen. And remember what will happen. And so these are the things that help us really stay very missional in our focus, very faithful in our orientation and not just fear or efficiency driven, whichever mm-hmm. end of the district might um, live on. That's right. Um, let's awesome. So, so, so Ryan, help me out, man. Uh, I mean, what makes this any different from some motivational speech that I would have heard at a conference about driven people and faithfulness and stuff like that like the gospel what about you talk about the reconciling hope of the gospel but not but yeah where is the reconciling hope of the gospel
0: yeah so you know the parable starts out with um Jesus sets it up by he's near Jerusalem and the the people that are hearing Jesus teach and seeing all that he he's doing essentially say to him hey go to jerusalem you become the king go go we're behind you we're with you and jesus essentially says to them hey slow your roll um it's it's not time for me to do that because jesus didn't go to jerusalem at that point in order to become king he did go to jerusalem but he did it to die and Mm. and i i think That is really important in this parable because it's saying to us, look, church, faithfulness to God is possible because Jesus was faithful for us. Um, Jesus died to enable us to wait in this meantime between the time when he came as a baby in a manger and the time when he will come and be king. So no matter where you're at, no matter how hard your circumstances, no matter how difficult our culture or post-christian it gets faithfulness to god is possible because jesus laid down his life to make that a reality so i think that's the reconciling hope like you really can be faithful in a fallen world uh because jesus died to ensure that you would have the ability to do so
2: amen amen furthermore reasons that we should truly treasure him that's right uh, is the title of the series and so man i'm looking forward to continuing to track through Uh, these parables as we watch Jesus raise our focus you know you you said something uh, during the message that if a person's idea of treasure and really making it and getting it done in life is just you know the bag of money the beautiful home or the big car that your sights are actually way too low Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to again just tracking together so that the Lord can raise our focus and uh, the way we, we look at life is so really tracking toward true treasure. So uh, Gospel Hope, um, um, we thank you guys for, for dialing in and credit you're being blessed by these messages and we've got uh, a few more to go. So stay tuned. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.